You're listening to The S-Rank on the Triple S Studios Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The S-Rank. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your host, William. And today, it's just family up in here. Uh, This past week has been absolutely huge for Pokemon fans. It's been huge for me, and it's all because of the Sinnoh remakes. Yes, Diamond and Pearl are just so special to me because they were my first Pokemon games ever. And before you say anything, yes, I did go back and play the older games. So don't hate on me just because I'm young. Yeah, it has definitely been a while since I've been excited for a Pokemon game. But uh, let's just jump right into things. In the current zeitgeist of gaming, remakes are a massive part of the content we're getting. And... It's really polarizing. Uh, A lot of developers don't put the necessary time into their remakes because they know people will buy it anyways. And it's come to the point where I've seen a couple people even call uh, the last couple years the era of remakes. Do you think that the constant remaking of older games is a good thing? Or is it something that was destined to be this way because of the easy hit of nostalgia it can give their customers? Do I think remakes are a good thing? Yes, I I do. I... More often than not, I've enjoyed remakes more than uh, the actual other game that came out in the generation. So I think, uh, you know, X and Y and then Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire came out in the same gen. And I I did way a better time with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire than I did with X and Y. And I think it just came down to the amount of content uh they put into the game because it wasn't a direct uh it wasn't a direct remake like it wasn't exactly a recreation it was they you know they put everything from x and y into it so all the megas they even added more megas i think um and you know they added uh a whole um post game uh with uh zinnia and Raquaza, and i thought that was i thought that was pretty nice um at the time, I did take some issue with it just because I thought it was kind of put in at the last minute. Oh my god, I, re- I remember you complaining about that. I was so like, I, I was yeah, I was mad. But looking back, it wasn't so awful because you know at the end of the day, the game had more content than the original Ruby Sapphire and Emerald, really, except for maybe the uh, Battle Frontier, which didn't make it in, which. You know, uh, Sinnoh remakes better have that. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It'll be a crime otherwise. Crime, yeah. Um, so yeah, on I, I would disagree with the fact that we're in the era of remakes. Because the last true remake we had was Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And that came out in like 2014. I, I'm talking about like in general in gaming. Oh, in like, okay, sure um yeah uh what we do yeah we do get a lot of remakes (laughs) (laughs) that changed my tune pretty quickly there um (laughs) i don't know in general i don't think it's a bad thing final fantasy 7 remake i think is uh is really great from what i've seen lots of people seem to enjoy it and especially since they're paying more attention and adding uh more content to it even now i think it really just shows how much how much care they can like companies can put in and developers can put in uh when they do have that commitment and they do have that want to uh make their players happy i mean 
we have that with uh all the new animal crossing content that they put in like every season um that they put in for free <laughs> which is pretty great um i'm just trying to think of other games that have recently been remade um can you think of any i just we had uh link's awakening oh yeah that was phenomenal in my opinion I didn't play it myself, but I tried the demo to feel like, or, or there was like a, a demo that I had tried in a store, and um, it felt great, and it, I think it looks amazing. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that one, because that one also had the controversy that, you know, people are saying now with the Sinner remakes, with the whole chibi art style that oh, that's right. people are hating. Um, but I think that it looked pretty crisp and it was uh, rendered so nicely yeah Yeah. and um i can't recall because i didn't play the original Link's awakening like sue me um but uh i thought it looked pretty nice and i thought it was a pretty um it it was overall a pretty solid experience yeah that that Link's awakening was one of the uh one of the only older legend of zeldas i had sat through and played the entire way through Right. Um. I thought Link's Awakening, watching like a couple playthroughs, was really faithful. I thought it was really well done. Um, that that was kind of how I saw the world as a kid, anyways. So I think yeah. I think it was really well done. It was well done. Uh, for the whole nostalgia factor and everything like that. Like it, it was. I think it did it justice. Yeah, and I think that the style of the Sinnoh remakes also do the original game justice as well. Um, I know that. We haven't seen that much yet, um, and I will agree that there are a couple of areas that kind of look a bit rough around the edges, but I do think that the overall style of the game um, it, it is very reminiscent of the charm that the 2D pixel art uh, brought in the original uh, Diamond and Pearl. So I'm really looking forward to it just because I know... It's going to play similarly, and I'm going to feel similarly as I did when I uh, played the game for the first time. I'm I'm hoping that the uh, animations for battle are really well done. Yeah, that, that I'm holding out for that because if they can bring back a little bit of the feeling of the sprite work that was done back then, then I'm sold. The game is being purchased. I'm okay. Like. I mean, I'm yeah. going. I'm going to end up buying this one anyways because I haven't played a Pokemon game in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, Platinum introduced like the moving trainer sprites. So like, when mm. you challenge them, they would like do a little like I don't know like four frame animation before they sent out their Pokeball. Yeah. And um, I just hope that they smooth that out, and every trainer gets to do that in the new games because i think that would be if they're really going all the way on like recreating the original they got to do that too um and i hope they put a lot of stuff from platinum in there um i was reading this article the other day that uh, was basically begging the sinner remakes to um please add uh garatina and the distortion world into the game instead of just randomly placing garatina in a cave like it was in diamond and pearl yeah um um, definitely agree with that um also hopefully uh add the battle frontier um 
And I think, honestly, even the level curve of Platinum was improved from Diamond and Pearl. So I hope that the it's a similar situation. Because I, uh, I found Diamond and Pearl a lot more challenging. Um, yeah. But uh, I found Platinum an overall uh, better experience just because there's already a lot of challenging things about the game <laughs> like the, all the snow snow routes um, oh my God. and all of the freaking things that you have to uh rock climb and rock smash it's a very it's a very rugged like region so mm-hmm. there's lots of like physical challenges that you have to i say this as though i'm like literally hiking up a mountain but in the game it like takes a long time to go to new places they do a good job of making you feel like you are actually going up a mountain. <laughs> exactly. Once I was past those snow routes and mountain routes, I actually felt like, oh, glad that's over. That was a lot of work. <laughs> no. And there's a point, and I don't think they've really done this in any other game, but there's literally a point, I think, where you go up to Snow Point City to get the badge from Candace. Mm-hmm. There's this stretch of a route that literally you can't see your character on the screen because there is so much snow. Oh, the blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can't, you don't even know if you're in tall grass or if, like, there's a trainer nearby. You can't see anything, really. And I just thought, like, I don't know, it's like an eight or nine-year-old playing it. I was just like, whoa, I haven't seen this before. Where am I? Am I lost? Am I going to have to, like, restart the entire game because I don't know where I am? Yeah. Um... I found that uh, Sun and Moon's solution to the problem of the like the big trek was really creative with the different Pokemon that you could ride and use to move around, right? Um, I found that was such a convenient way to circumvent the whole, oh, you got to walk up to the plant, use cut, you cut down the plant, or you walk up to the rock, you use rock smash or strength, yeah. move it, haha, it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that bothered me a lot. Sure. But when they do the ru- the route correctly, you're going through it and it feels like a battle just fucking through there. But sure. not boring. It's not a slog. It's engaging and interesting. And I'm hoping that the remakes find like a middle ground between that where it isn't boring to do, but it still feels like work. Yeah, I mean, some of the charm, I think, <laughs> I, I use that word a lot but like some of the stuff i remember a lot is that there's lots of opportunities in the original diamond and pearl mm-hmm. to you know go through these routes think that you're okay um and then suddenly get cut off by a trainer you didn't see and then you know you send out your pokemon and it's like at low health and you're basically screwed you have to use all of your medicine just to not get a game over and start over at the last city which is like forever ago you know it's like getting to the elite four. <laughs> oh yeah i liked uh i liked mount coronet for the most part i think that whenever there's mountains done in pokemon games it's usually like it's usually not part of the immediate story or you don't really necessarily need to travel in a cave for a very long time but mount cornet was integral to the entire it was literally holding the entire game together because you face off against team galactic at that awesome 
iconic showdown uh, at the Spear Pillar. Um, and I hope that they get that moment right. Yeah. I hope that all of the moments with Team Galactic happen exactly as they happened in Platinum. Um, just because uh, we've seen we've seen things being moved around before in remakes like with uh omega ruby alpha sapphire they they added uh extra i think moments with the teams that didn't really make sense like i think they uh i think they even had the team leaders in the remakes i I think they made them good in the end or realized the error of their ways and i'm i don't remember if that happened in the original ruby and sapphire but all I'm saying is that Cyrus is ruthless and he is uh like probably besides Getsis, I suppose, probably one of the most terrifying uh Pokemon villains. And I think that they should get him right. Like I was I'm I'm gonna go on to another topic again. <laughs> but um <laughs> it's okay. uh, I was watching uh I was watching a video with uh Nob Ogasawara, who is the translator um, of Pokemon from Gen 1 to 4. Um, and he basically said that it was a bit of a challenge translating all of Cyrus's dialogue because he wasn't allowed to make reference to religion at all. And Cyrus's main deal was that he wanted to become a god. And he wanted to basically have the powers of time and space for his own. Um, it wasn't just so much creating an, his own world, but almost like ruling over all others which i think is um i think is something that you know like would have been cool to see in the in the english version as well this might be a little bit wishful thinking sure but i feel that a lot of the strength of the original games was in the writing because you're looking at the dialogue box and your surroundings and of course you're not like some impressive character walking up to this ancient monster and a bunch of evil guys right you're you're a little you're a little guy you're a little pixie yeah, guy, right? yep. um and i i could definitely like easily put myself into that position as a kid i feel it'd be a little bit harder now um but of course i still have that nostalgia and everything i'm wondering if they're going to go the route of using the player models that they use to like throw out the Pokeball and stuff like that in uh, like the 3D animation, because I saw uh, in the trailer you had the full size trainer right right before the battle starts. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to do cutscenes in that part of the engine. I think that would be pretty interesting. I don't know if that would be exactly what I want, but I kind of want to see it. You mean like? Okay, so you mean like when they throw out the Pokeball, if it looks exactly like the sprite? No, no, no. Okay, so you know, you know, um, like when you first walk up to Spear Pillar, like you mentioned earlier, sure, right? Yeah. Imagine that, but it's in the like 3D tall trainer form as a cutscene that you're oh, pressing through instead. Yeah. Kind of like a kind of like a JRPG would, right? Yeah, I think they had they did something like that in X and Y right before you fought uh, Eveltel. Eveltown? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it basically showed the trainer walking up. Yeah, th- I think that would be cool to see a couple cutscenes here and there. Like um, the major ones just in that in that form would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be nice. Um I am glad that they are kind of escaping the sword and shield and sun and moon 
look of the models in general. Yeah, I'm, just I'm wondering what they're going to yeah. do with that. Just because I think that, um, you know, it's, it, it is better suited to, like, have small character on the screen just because that's how it was in the originals. And that's kind of how the Sinnoh region was built. I, I am glad that we are going to see the like the open world Sinnoh in uh legends arceus which is also something else we have to get into but um to experience that one more time like being a tiny little character in this like tile world is i think that would be that that, that's just it's really close to my heart (laughs) Mm -hmm. no for sure um we can move on a little bit uh, to a topic that is similar. Um, sure. <laughs> do you think that the current AAA gaming market, and in particular Nintendo, um, do you think it's currently revolving around nostalgia? Do you, do you think like they're doing things in order to get people who are still attached to the old stuff to check out the new stuff? Like, I... I'm very interested in the 2D tile-based art style, like you were just saying, of the new game. But do you think they're doing stuff like that in the AAA market right now in order to get people to buy the game that wouldn't be buying the newer ones? Well, absolutely. But I don't think that it's anything new. I don't think it's like a current like new marketing method at all. Um, Nintendo's been capitalizing on nostalgia for... <laughs> for a while, long while now yeah. um yeah basically every like think about it every smash bros game is just another cash in on nostalgia of the last one or whatever people started with you know um and it, it that series is great because it brings in every series that people loved or started with um and I think that the reason people might be more skeptical about the whole nostalgia thing now is because it's it's been really intense in the last, mm, I don't, I want to say half a year, maybe a year, um, especially with the uh, Nintendo limited releases that they were doing. Um, I, it's... It's interesting. I just saw um, 3D All-Stars go on sale because it's the last month that you're able to get it, essentially. I think they cut it off at the 31st and you won't be able to buy that anymore. Um, Which, you know, uh, it's a shame because the Nintendo Switch Online games, you can, if you have a subscription, uh, you can just play, you know, like old NES games at any time. Um, I understand why they're doing that because people they know people will buy it and it's a way to make more money um and they're also bringing back things like we just saw skyward sword hd they're not really changed i didn't see that many changes to the original game in there but i'm going to buy it because i want to play it on my switch and i want to feel that again so Yes, Nintendo capitalizes on nostalgia. They're not the only ones that do that. Uh, yeah. Every AAA gaming company does that in some degree. 
I, I'm, I'm sure uh, Microsoft as well. They've been pretty good about it with the whole uh, Master Chief collection. I was happy with what they did there. It was a lot cheaper because all the games are old. Most of them are remastered. I thought that was really well done. I didn't buy it because I have all the games anyways. Um, but that was a little bit better. Not perfect, but better. I think one of the things that people have to realize about nostalgia and like why they do this is that Another reason is that uh, it's it's much easier to create a remake and to uh, re-release a game than it is to create a whole brand new IP. Um, and for Nintendo, like the last original IP that became like a or that was a AAA title from Nintendo, I can recall is Splatoon, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of others, but none are really coming to mind and i think that says something about uh original the the production rate of original ips um i know that we are getting more and more from sony and we're getting more and more from uh microsoft like you were saying but you know what like i think at the end of the day these companies are always going to do this and you can play games that you want to play, <laughs> you know? Um, I think that if it annoys you that there is a remake, you, you're under no obligation to play it, you know? You can stick with your original the way that you accessed it, and, you know, there's no need to really go online and get mad about it, you know? It's just like, what what a waste of energy, I think a lot of the argument is coming from the fact that no one else can make the game that yeah. these people are looking for now because of, you know, uh, Pokemon Cease and Pokemon Desist. Um, <laughs> yes. But if if you would allow a little bit of leeway to the community, I think there would be significantly less uh, rage tweets and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, especially, you know, there's this whole, the whole free melee controversy. Um, yikes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> do, do we, <laughs> not sure if we want to get into that right now. That's but, a whole um, episode. <laughs> that is a whole episode of its own. But yeah, it's, it, as much as it pains me to say it, and I might remove this episode if I ever get hired by Nintendo <laughs> at any point, um, <laughs> is that, uh, it's, they, they're not doing a great job at communicating with the community. I'm not sure exactly what means they would do that. I know that, you know, there's they can do things with social media. Um, we've seen interactions with fans before on the website. In fact, it, it really, it, like, the most communication I can remember is the days when you could literally phone Nintendo and ask them how to beat your game right oh they'd God, literally yeah. have <laughs> they'd literally have uh you know the team there uh on the lines at business hours and you know you could be on the phone with a nintendo rep for hours just being like oh yeah so uh i can't seem to get past this dungeon i don't see i don't see the the rock i'm supposed to hit or whatever, <laughs> or whatever you know yeah um and I'm not saying they should do that again, although <laughs> that would how be cool. cool. <laughs> how cool. How cool would that be? Um, but 
I think maybe, you know, having some sort of forum where they can, you know, listen to uh, fan requests um, or just like respond to like, you know, I think I think the Sonic the Hedgehog account on on Twitter, uh, like I know that they probably don't take in suggestions from that account, but they are interactive with their fans in general like that account will will respond and will use colloquialisms and just like talk to people like they're people the guy who runs the account is really really engaged in the community of people who play it like Mm -hmm. i I think he dropped cupcakes off at the game grumps headquarters and stuff (laughs) like that like like he's friends with the people who interact with the sonic twitter right yeah it's really neat and i think that even moving forward for Nintendo, like doing a small step like that, creating, I don't know, an account to talk to your fans like they're like not robots. <laughs> um, just, you know, set up a set up an official like Mario account or like a Toad account where like maybe not Mario. I think Toad would talk to people probably yeah. more. Um, but like, you know, have someone like that Sonic guy on there just like talking to fans about what they like about Nintendo that drives up like the benefits would be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like there would be so much more um, harmony, I think within the community, if there was just like a figure like that, that responded to comments that people made. Um, And you know what? Really? That is, that could be like one or two people's job. It's not that it's not really, that hard to do they don't need to respond uh to all of them just to some of them if if at all you know it's such an integral part of creating video games is communication and you see that a lot in indie game studios because they'll have their uh their kickstarter or something like that right um but the people who are excited for this game and are funding this game they have a say in what happens in these games i i've talked about them before super giant games oh my god (laughs) if any of you are listening i love you guys you guys are incredible the amount of work the detail the communication the engagement Uh, i mean um darren korb did uh a guitar tutorial for how to play um a song from hades on their youtube a couple months back that's so cool (laughs) That's yeah. so neat. I don't play guitar. I watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's it's not to say that Nintendo doesn't interact with their fans because they do have the Pokemon account and they do have the Animal Crossing account, which do make like sometimes the Animal Crossing account, like the tweets are from it from Isabel, which mm-hmm. is always fun. Um, but I think like in general, they can just they can amp that up more, you know? I think they can really just get in there and start responding to people, start making, promoting fan content that they deem appropriate, you know? Um, I think there's, there's no end to the possibilities of what they could do. I'm, it's, it's, it's hard to understand why they're not doing that, you know? Yeah. I, I I mean, there, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a reason 
behind Absolutely, it all because yeah. I I just can't I can't see it from where I am, but I'm sure inside the company there's something that prevents them from doing it because as as we've been talking about, there are very few drawbacks to this sort of thing. Um, I, it's got to be something that I'm missing, but uh, I'd love to see it. I mean, it could just come down to like a fear of getting canceled in some way although (laughs) (laughs) nintendo's been no stranger to that let's (laughs) you know um and and at the end of the day people are going to be unhappy with any new game that comes out it's just not just pokemon but like literally any game people are going to be upset you know um and what the goal is is for people to be happy more people to be happy than they will be upset when they see a new game for the first time, but it's inevitable, you know, you like, I don't know, you, it's, it comes down to like someone, you know, watching a movie trailer, you know, uh, is this the kind of movie that I want to watch or not? Um, if, is it a reboot? Is it, okay, let's say it's a reboot of uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, this doesn't look like the original Sleeping Beauty. I I don't want to watch it, you know? It's, so it's always, there's always something. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't criticize games, but I'm saying, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really weird to see videos saying, this game is awful before it comes out, yeah. you know? Um, you can, like, go ahead, criticize the art style. Um... <laughs> Uh, criticize whatever you see fit. I think that people should criticize games and hold game companies accountable for things. But at the same time, you know, just like let others be excited, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everyone. It's William. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you are, consider following us at the S Rank Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. This week... I want to know if you could get one game remastered, what game would that be? I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode, and uh, I hope you enjoy the outro. I I remember, this is probably my favorite thread on Twitter, and I don't know if it exists, but if any anyone listening, if you can find this thread, please send it to me. I want to document it and keep it forever. Um, I remember this argument between two guys and I, I think it was um it was a ps4 game that was coming out it was a ps4 exclusive i can't remember what it was but they were arguing about how this game sucks essentially right one guy was like no we've been waiting for this remake for a while i'm really excited and this other guy's like this franchise doesn't need to be remade it was all that sort of stuff and it was it hit the thread limit and they started arguing on their own accounts, just to each other, right? <laughs> and I remember I remember some guy had commented and posted the link to the next part. Um, so I started following that. I was reading. In the end, the guy who didn't want the game remade didn't have a PS4. <laughs> he yeah. was an Xbox fan. But he was fighting over not letting that game be remade for something he will never <laughs> need to experience. I, I want that I want that thread. That was so funny. <laughs> and you know, some of that is is relatable too cuz I remember being I remember being like uh I don't know, like 11 or 12 and they announced Pokémon X and Y for the 3DS and I was just like, I don't have a 3DS. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
sucks, you know? And I <laughs> I actually remember feeling the exact same way. Like, why aren't you yeah. making this on the DS or the yeah. Wii? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And, of course, all of the adults in the room were just like, okay, well, I'll have to buy a new console, whatever. But I was a kid, of course. And I was just like, my mom's not going to buy me a 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... So, you know, there's there's tons of there's there's tons of that online too. And yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> On the topic of uh indie game studios and were we on that topic? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had that before. Sure. Yeah. Um, on on just development in general, arguing about games, hot button controversies. Ooh. How about crunch time? Yeah. Well, We've that's... talked about it before. <laughs> yes. I think that, um, like I was saying, people uh, should have the right to criticize games. I think crunch time is not just a topic about games. Um and I think that, like, it's almost, you have to, when talking about crunch time, I think you have to follow the same rules as disagreeing about politics, because, you, like, you can say, like, okay, about a game, you can say, agree to disagree. But when it comes to, like, violating someone's rights or, or you know, harming, like, when someone is being harmed as a result of, a decision uh it's it's not really something that i think should have much room for discussion yeah it's not an and argument I anymore think, i think it should more be action um i think that uh people that th- I, I i haven't seen any of this by the way but i think anyone that thinks crunch time is okay um like that, that <laughs> is, that, that's like what the hell that that's that's just that's horrible. Um, I like the companies and higher ups obviously have deadlines to follow, but it really comes down to give you like you need to really count in all of the time that you may need for your employees if in the event that they break down and uh, need or not break down, but just like burnout and um. I think uh, it's really crucial that um, attention in the community is brought to crunch time and that the community collectively denounces it and hopefully um, puts an end to it in some form. Um, Because right now, right now it's not where it needs to be. I think that, uh, like i think mental health should be a priority for employees uh and for companies looking over their employees obviously um and it it, it is it isn't right now um some companies have gotten better but uh others definitely need to step up i in particular i wanted to kind of take a look at um delays mm-hmm. and i i i don't know how they can go hand in hand like this because delays are almost inevitable in the current gaming culture right like you've got covid you've got all these different things happening in the world delays are inevitable but crunch time doesn't need to if you have delays i i've always found that really i don't know it's just really hard for me to understand take a look at breath of the wild right 
Sure. They just said, it'll be out when it's out, right? Essentially, they just said, hold on, we need to make this game perfect. And no, I don't remember any complaints on Twitter. They're like, oh, I'm kind of sad it's not coming out on time, but I'm really happy that it's going to be a good game when it comes out. Yeah. When Cyberpunk 2077 had delayed, like, God knows how many times. Every single time they delayed, they were still crunching because they weren't giving themselves enough time. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why companies can't just say, hey, we need time. We're going to make this game good. It came down to, okay, well, sorry, it's not coming out this week. It's coming out next week. And that's just unacceptable. Yeah. Um, that just basically it publicly shows to the world that, okay, you're making your employees real stressed out. And they are literally scrambling to finish this game because you promised it would be out next week, but they couldn't finish it this week. And you have no choice but to say next week, give enough time. If your game is not going to be finished by the deadline, you got to, you got to pick up on that right away. And it's not just down to the developers at times. It's also down to the companies that are pulling the strings at the top, right? It's, it's like, you got to check in with, the you know the leads on your game because if they're saying okay we're sorry that this isn't going to happen there has to be there has to be something else there has to be something else that you can release during that timeline that you have going on um or i don't know just figure it out i there's like the games industry is a multi-billion dollar industry you know, um, it's not it's not radical to have more games than what we have right now allotted for a certain uh, time. You know, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but what I'm saying is that for like a Christmas release, if you have uh, a Zelda game that's coming out uh scheduled for christmas but they can't make it for christmas you can have a team that is working on something else big that you can say okay well we're not having this zelda game come out but we have something similar that is on its way in the holiday season for players like that enjoy zelda to have if that makes sense (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really jumbling up my words here. But what I'm saying is that more games could be the solution to other games not showing up on time. Yeah, I I think I think uh, Christmas releases in particular are probably like the I don't even think we can get into that. That's just such a mess because Christmas in general, that's. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. But any other deadline, I think just saying, stepping back, doing what Breath of the Wild did, I think that's the way to go. But on top of yeah. that, if you need to tide people over, gameplay, like videos, pictures, uh, content, just put stuff out on your Twitter. People yeah. love that. People love that. Um or hell, I, even I, a demo, <laughs> even a fully functioning demo of like the tutorial mission or something like that. A yellow box with text on it is not going to cut it. <laughs> it's... Every single time I saw one on my timeline, I was angry. 
And it wasn't because it was delayed. It's because it was delayed again a short period of time. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's it shows it shows the people buying it that these employees are scrambling to finish it. You mm-hmm. know? And it gives the impression that your game is not going to be good when it comes out. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I'm I'm very, very much hoping that the that C Project Red really pulls together and makes it a game that people can enjoy. Because I know so many people that were just waiting there for years, for years and years, just sitting there waiting for the game to come out. Even uh, one of my friends who was like, who was like one of the most dedicated CD Project Red fans, was sitting there waiting for uh, Cyberpunk. It came out, and he's like, "It's not what we thought it would be, and I can play it, but it, it's disappointing." And he's like a fanboy who I think would like, he would fight anyone over it, you know? Yeah. But even he was disappointed with how it was handled. And I, that, that makes me really lose faith, you know? Well, honestly, at the end of the day, really, I think that the priority should not be on, and I know this, this won't happen, but I think <laughs> that game companies should prioritize their employees over the fans that are going to be mad that it's delayed it's a giant social change that definitely needs to it needs to find its way there i don't know how yeah i don't know how that is going to happen but for for society to i don't know to for society for society to move forward um or for just like the world like the world of gaming to improve in a large positive way i think that needs to happen yeah Yeah. this has become a very deep episode of the (laughs) (laughs) s-ring i just wanted to talk about diamond pearl remakes (laughs) let's just talk about then new things that we could be excited for with diamond and pearl remakes yeah um because you know it's it's very it's exciting to uh see that this is going to be a very faithful recreation but if they're going to put in new elements what would you like to see? Um, I mean, the cutscenes, like I mentioned. Um, yeah. I'd like to see those, just for fun. What did Diamond and Pearl have for... Uh, did they have the the Puffles? Or was that another one? Poffins. Poffins. Yeah. I want to see that just be like a huge thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it be like in its entire own game that I could like just play that. I loved making Poffins. That was a really fun thing. I'm hoping... I don't know. I think I'm asking for a little bit too much uh, Harvest Moon in my Pokemon game, but I, I think <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> uh, it would be. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think making the contests, like giving them new challenges, uh, would be interesting because I don't really think that they would be able to carry over the DS challenges um, from the. They might be able to carry over a few, but I think they can make them totally more engaging and totally uh, more fun uh, if they, you know, give some time to it. Um, I think it's really uh, one of the fun things that I remember from the original is that in the contests, if you got to like the master rank or like one of the upper ranks of the contest, um, 
one of your competitors in the contest would actually be uh, Fantina, which is the the gym leader of the Heart Home City where the contests are being held. Yeah. Um, and I think Jasmine from Gold and Silver was actually there as well. Um, so I think more like cameos from other people from other regions like they all they usually do that right like they usually put in cameos from someone from another region like sun and moon had uh grimsley from black and white show up that's right um so i think that just like i don't know if you put if you threw in i don't know someone from they already have i suppose jasmine there i don't know if they threw in someone from hoenn or someone from unova in in the game like to do something cool i think that'd be fun i'm wondering where this is going to fit in in the timeline i i want to know whether or not there are going to be mega evolutions again in this and what they'll do if there are um on top of that i i want to know what they're going to do with the ultra beasts and stuff like that i i don't like that there's all these different things that happened that disappeared we talked about that on our last episode but I want I just want some closure, really. If they could add one thing to the game, could they add a little closure, please? I closure. Just... Closure to the Ultra Beasts. Pokemon closure. <laughs> Pokemon closure. I mean, that would be fun. It would totally make sense for the Ultra Beasts to pop up in that game, just because uh, there's lots of portal traveling with the Distortion World and, and you know, the roaming legendaries of... Sinnoh, you have the, you have uh, Uxie, Mesprit, and Azelf, and I think, also, in, I I don't know if you could get it in Diamond and Pearl, but for sure in, in Platinum you could get Regigigas by, um, uh, bringing the Regis from, uh, Ruby and Sapphire into the into your game, um, so yeah, just like I think more stuff with legendaries would be cool um if they allowed you to capture the ultra beasts after the main campaign that would be fun hell i i even think having like a a futurama easter egg sort of style where you're just kind of walking by and you see far in the horizon just a little (laughs) passing by that's all i want that'd be hilarious um for the most part i want the game to remain difficult I, I want it to be the the kind of struggle I felt when I was a kid. Not <laughs> hard, but difficult. Make me think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like what I was saying with the whole level curve. I hope they have the platinum level curve, but I hope they keep everything physically like in the environment that kept Diamond and Pearl challenging. Um, and, the, you know, the, the Battle Frontier was... Like, that is a challenge, like, in the post game, And it's not just, okay, well, we're going to make you fight trainers because there's nothing left to do. It's, like, the, the Battle Frontier was unique. It had all these different facilities where, like, okay, in the Battle Hall, you could only use one Pokemon. It's, like, one-on-one matches. And then in the, uh, in the Battle, I want to say, Factory, I think they had... Um, you had to use rental Pokemon to do your battles. And when you finally beat the Frontier Brain, it was it gives you a sense of accomplishment because it's like, okay, well, I finally defeated this gym leader, you know? So it's it's kind of the same it's kind of the same thing. And they prolonged the amount of post game they give you 
because you can get like the silver print from beating them the first time and then you can get the prestigious gold print from beating them the second time and i i think that just like really paying attention to things like that and hopefully incorporating those into the remakes um will really make the game last uh last longer than most do um especially recently i've noticed that like the games the length of the games have has been getting sort of gradually shorter um of even from uh sun and moon i had this long intro but then uh everything after you you know got past the introduction was pretty much like okay i'll like this will take a couple of days you know yeah i'm hoping nothing is cut oh my god <laughs> i'm hoping they don't cut anything i what it's... could they cut I, oh, I guess they could cut anything. <laughs> they could cut anything, right? Like, I, I just, I, I fear for that sometimes in Ooh. remakes. Oh, yeah. You know what I really don't want them to cut is the stat trainers. Oh, yeah. Um, like, for for anyone that, you know, it doesn't <laughs> remember them, uh, it's it's like the, the trainers that were, like, in random areas that would approach you as soon as you entered the area, and they'd be like, hey, can you help me get through this? uh area i don't really want to go alone and uh you'd basically guide them to the exit but the whole time they would like heal your pokemon between battles and then each battle would be like a double battle yeah that was phenomenal i thought that was so fun just because like whoa okay you (laughs) i'm making friends here too (laughs) yeah no that was Um, such a good idea yeah i think the first one in diamond and pearl uh i think her name's cheryl and I think you help her go through Eterna Forest because she's scared of Team Galactic. But yeah. there's tons of other ones that are optional, too. I think there's a girl in the Wayward Cave uh, that is right beneath the cycling route um, that you can totally skip past in the main story. Um, but if you do go into the cave, you can find her there. And basically... The entire cave is dark, right? You have to use flash to lighten it up. So she's lost, right? And you have to help her back to the entrance of the cave. And just stuff like that, like, I hope they don't cut down on that at all because that was cool. Um, And hidden areas in general, like that wayward cave that I was just talking about, and just, like, areas that you might not even realize were there on your first playthrough. I hope they keep those there. All the unknown caves. Yeah. All that stuff. So cool. Yeah. Keep it. Well, we have reached the end of our time today. Uh, <laughs> thank you, William, as always, for joining me and listening to me ramble. And this week for coming up with interview questions, because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, coming as well. I'm going to start the <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you for... I don't know what to thank you for. What did you say? Uh, you don't have anything to thank me for. It's all good. <laughs> no, what did you say? I'm going to say the same thing back. <laughs> I was? Wait, what? Huh? 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 Anyways, thanks everyone. <laughs> have a good week. <laughs>